Early one Friday morning, a husband was hurriedly getting ready for work, and just before heading out, he looked over at his beautiful wife who was just waking up. She had a big smile on her face, and she said, Sweetheart, I bet you don't know what day this is. Her husband, who had a hard time remembering and keeping dates straight in his head, smiled back and having no clue, said, How can I ever forget? This is such a special day. And then he quickly walked out the door to get to work. He was in a mental fog all day. He couldn't focus. He, he, couldn't, uh, uh, he was so preoccupied trying to figure out what day it was and trying to figure out what was going on. He, he didn't think it was her birthday. He knew it wasn't their anniversary. Was it the anniversary of their first date? Was it the anniversary of their first kiss? I mean, what was it? So he didn't want to disappoint his wife, so he came up with a plan. On the way home, he stopped by the florist and got this beautiful bouquet of flowers. He made reservations at the finest restaurant in town. Then he called and managed to get two tickets to the Broadway show that was, was in town. And he, he pulled into the driveway, he rushed into the house and, and uh, gave his wife a big kiss, told her to put on his favor, her favorite dress because uh, they were going to go out for a night on the town to celebrate this very special day. Well, they had a great evening. And on the way home, his wife leaned over, smiled, and said, Thank you for such a lovely evening. I certainly didn't expect all of this, but this was the best Groundhog Day ever. <laughs> well, moms, I promise you we know what day this is. And we continue to honor you and thankful, you know, give thanks to God for you. I am so thankful for my mom. I'm so thankful for my wife, who is an outstanding mom, and Grammy. I'm so thankful for my, my sweet mother-in-law, and I'm grateful for you. Amen. I want to invite you to turn with me to Proverbs this morning as we uh, think about being grateful for our mothers. Proverbs chapter 6 is where we'll start. We'll be in verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 10, chapter 31, verse 30. Now, if you have your hard copy Bible, I want to encourage you to open it. We're going to be walking through several passages in just a moment as we... Uh, Think about some of these points, unpack some of these points as we walk through this message. So as we think about grateful for our mothers, let's begin in Proverbs 6, verse 20. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. When you awake, they will speak to you. For the commandment is a lamp and the law a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life to keep you from the evil woman, from a flattering tongue of a seductress. And then chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord... Let me let you get there. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And of course, you're familiar with Proverbs chapter... 30, 31 rather, it's um, been known as the, uh, the alphabet of a godly woman because this is an acrostic, um, an alphabet of, of wifely excellence, one commentator called it. But in chapter 30 of 31, we see charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. She shall be praised. So what do we see this morning as we thank God for our mothers? First of all, I'm grateful for mothers who fear the Lord and who live like it. 
At least 20 times in the book of Proverbs, the writer of Proverbs mentions fearing the Lord. Fearing the Lord is addressed in the first chapter of Proverbs, in chapter 1, verse 7. It reads, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And then Proverbs chapter 31, verse 30, we just read, talks about a woman fearing the Lord. She shall be praised, a woman who fears the Lord. The book of Proverbs is, is a book of wisdom. It's like a, uh, a father sitting down with his son and just pouring into his son and sharing all of these uh, tidbits of, of wisdom. It's, it's intended to be a book of wisdom for living more than a theological book presenting theological ideas. Yet, true knowledge and godly wisdom flow from living a life of fearing the Lord. That's where it starts. So let's go back to basics. What does it mean to fear the Lord? When we, hear the, when, we, when we see in God's Word the, the admonition to fear the Lord or a reference to fearing the Lord, what does that mean? To fear the Lord means to live in reverent awe of God's holiness and to honor and respect Him in every part of our lives. You may want to underline that word every. If you have a highlighter, highlight the word every because uh, if you're like a lot of folks who, who are human, and we all are, if you're like a lot of uh, uh, folks who, who have a hard time sometimes being totally obedient, every part of our life, we don't want to hold back anything on God. God doesn't want us to hold back anything on Him. We're to honor and respect Him in every part of our life. Fearing God is demonstrated by submission and obedience. And then, of course, by loving Him with all of our heart and our mind and our strength and, and our soul. Jerry Bridges said, it's, It is the affectionate reverence by which the child of God bends himself humbly and carefully to his Father's law. Derek Kidner said, an Old Testament uh, commentator, A worshiping submission to the God of the covenant. So the ideas of submission, of yielding, of obedience, of loving, of respecting, of honoring, of recognizing the holiness of God and therefore living in his living in a sense with a sense of reverence, all of that is packed into this command to fear the Lord, this idea of fearing the Lord. Now, Proverbs lays out some benefits of fearing the Lord, living a life of fearing the Lord. So we're going to walk through some of those. So be ready to, uh, to turn with me real quickly. Let's go to chapter 8 of Proverbs, verse 13. Here's a, a, a benefit, a consequence of fearing the Lord. Verse 13 reads of chapter 8, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. We cannot revere and respect and honor God if we're flirting with evil. We can't have one foot in the world and one foot uh, in, in the kingdom of God. We, we can't have it both ways if we are uh, serious about fearing the Lord. Chapter 16, verse 6 is, a, is a, another reference. I'll just read this one for you. Um, second part reads, And by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. So not only do we hate what God hates... A holy God hates all sin. He hates all evil. Not only do we hate what God hates, but we intentionally flee and depart from anything that's not pleasing to God. So that is a consequence, a, a benefit 
of fearing the Lord. And then we just read this one in chapter 9, verse 10. If you'll turn there with me. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So we are benefited with God's wisdom when we live with this kind of deep reverence. And then chapter 10, verse 27. The fear of the Lord prolongs days. Prolongs days. Not necessarily chronologically as much as maximizing life. Fullness of life. And then 13, 13. Proverbs 13, verse 13. He who despises the word will be destroyed, but he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. When we respect, love, delight in this word of God, when we put it into our lives, when we intake Scripture, when we build our lives on Scripture, God rewards us. He doesn't say what that reward is, but He does. He rewards us. And that's what this passage is talking about. In the chapter 14, verse 26, in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. And look at the rest of the verse. And His children will have a place of refuge. So strong confidence, a place of refuge. God will never lead us astray. We can have total confidence in, in, in God, in His character, in His promises. And then when we fear the Lord, when we live in the fear of the Lord, when we raise our, when, as I was praying a moment ago, when we intentionally build a Christian home with God's help, then our children are safe spiritually. There is, a, a, there, there is safety our children uh, have spiritual safety. We provide a place of spiritual safety for them. They have every opportunity to come to the point in their life when they come of age to accept Jesus Christ as Savior and to live for God. All right, so 1427. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. A fountain of life. Chapter 15, verse 33. The fear of the Lord is instruction of wisdom. True wisdom flows from fearing the Lord, from wanting to live life His way, from wanting to please Him, to, to honor Him. And then chapter 19, verse 23. The fear of the Lord leads to life. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. So fearing the Lord, living that kind of life, leads to a life of satisfaction. Again, we're talking about a quality of life. We're talking about a full and meaningful life of, of abundance, a life of satisfaction. And then, of course, chapter 31, verse 30. Our children, they may not appreciate us at any given moment in the child-rearing years, but boy, they will look back and they will praise you for the direction you set spiritually, for the life you led that honored God, for the uh, Christ-centeredness, the example you set, for the lessons you taught. A woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. 
In our day and time, often it's the mother who sets the spiritual tone in the home. God intended for both mom and dad to be in sync to set the spiritual tone. But sometimes it's the mom who sets spiritual direction in the home with her obvious love for the Lord and intentional spiritual nurturing of her children. These moms read their Bibles to the children. They read Bible stories to the younger children. They, they help children memorize Bible verses because they also are memorizing Scripture. They make sure their family is in church. They display a Christ-centeredness that is, is caught as much as it is taught. Often a child's first impression of Jesus is his mother. A blessed child can sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for my mother shows me so. Ladies, does your life demonstrate a fear of the Lord? And living in the fear of the Lord? Second, I'm grateful for mothers who pray. Now, prayer obviously is a primary spiritual discipline. It's very important for Bible study and prayer together, Bible reading and prayer together, biblical intake and, and, and developing our prayer life. These, uh, these help us grow spiritually. A mother who fears the Lord has a vibrant and growing prayer life. One little boy said he heard his mother's prayer for him every night. She was always exhausted by the fi- time he finally fell asleep. She said, thank you, Lord, he's finally in bed. I heard of a little girl who answered the door. And the visitor said, is your mother home? And she said, yes, sir, but you'll have to wait on the porch a few moments because this is her prayer time. She's not available for a few moments. What a beautiful thing for a child to to know the importance of prayer in the mother's life. George W. Truitt, who served First Baptist Church, Dallas, Texas, for many years prior to W.A. Criswell, who you may have heard of, that served also many, many years. Truett was born on a farm in North Carolina. He was the second to the youngest of five boys. Truett used to, used to share that he and his baby brother, now this was a long time ago and times were different. They were often left at home in the mornings while his father and the boys went out to the, to the farm, out to the fields to, to work. Each day there would come a time when the two little boys would notice their mother was missing. They became curious about where she disappeared to every morning. So they decided to tag along behind her one morning. And the next morning, they, they tiptoed a distance behind her until she had walked up from the house and out to their little apple orchard. And the boys crept up behind some large bushes and watched their mother on her knees in prayer. That's where she had been slipping off to for just a few moments. And they heard her say, Dear God, our Father, I want to thank you for giving me these five boys but I can never raise them right unless you give me the power of the Holy Spirit. Help me to live this day so that my family will be lifted closer to God. Boy, what a prayer. Think about that prayer. God, help me to be the mother, the father that I need to be today so that my boys and girls, my children, my grandchildren will be drawn closer to you and lifted closer to God. And Graham Lotz wrote, As a teenager growing up, my room was directly over mother's. At night, I could see the lights from her room reflected on the trees outside my window. When I slipped downstairs hoping to talk to her for a few minutes, I would find her bent beside her bed in prayer. It was useless to wait for her to rise because she would be there for hours on end. So I would trudge back up to my room 
And no matter how early I woke in the morning, I would see those lights from her window again. What a blessing. What a blessing to see a mother pray and to know that a mother is spending time in prayer. What a, what a blessing to hear a mother pray for you. What a blessing to know that a mother is, is praying. Are you a mother of prayer? Third, I'm grateful for a mother's wise words. For a mother's wisdom. I wish we had time this morning to just start over here in the corner and just to, just to go all the way around and say, share one word of wisdom that stuck with you that came directly from your mother. We ought to write that down and have that ready for next, next Mother's Day and, and print that. That would, be, that would be outstanding. But a mom's wise words naturally flow out of her own life experience, but flow more out of a heart that fears the Lord, a, a life that's living for the Lord. There are times growing up when we think, my mom has no idea what she's talking about. Do you ever feel that way? When we're adolescents, especially going through those teenage years, we're a lot smarter than our parents. I mean, that's just how it is, right? And then one day we find ourselves saying the very same things to our children that our mom said to us. It's like, what happened? Something changed. She was pretty smart after all. Has that ever happened to you? That shows that her wisdom sunk in after all. Now, here are some things that you'll probably never hear a dedicated mother say. Things like, hey, you know, it's okay to leave the door open. Just pretend you were raised in a barn. <laughs> or how on earth can you see the TV sitting so far back? Please get closer. <laughs> or just leave all the lights on. It makes the, the, the house look so much brighter and cheery. Hey, let me smell that shirt. Oh, yeah, that's good for another week. <laughs> hey, don't worry about flushing. We'll just save the water. <laughs> well, if Timmy's mommy says it's okay, and Timmy's mommy lets Timmy do it, that's good enough for me. So what if I'm not Timmy's mother? And how about, oh... The curfew is just a general time to shoot for. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. A wise mother intentionally teaches her family or children about God. She maximizes the teachable moment. She inserts a Bible verse here in a timely way or, or a scripture or spiritual truth there. She allows her children to see God in her life and, and, and realizes the earliest lessons a child learns about our Heavenly Father come through his or her mother. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 reads, I call to remembrance, Paul wrote to Timothy, I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Three generations passing down the faith. What are you teaching your kids? And how are you encouraging your children to, to, to walk by faith, to, to live a life that fears God? What, what, kind of, what kind of words and wisdom do they hear you sharing? Fourth, I'm grateful for a mother's encouragement. I'm grateful for our mother's encouragement. There, there's nothing more moving and motivating than a mother's encouragement. To know that that one's mother believes in you, that means so much. 
than to hear those words, hey, you can do it. Try your hardest. Just do your best. These are so helpful. And these words, just know I'm praying for you. I love you and I'm praying for you. Such an encouragement. Proverbs chapter 31 verse 26 says, kindness, kindness is on her tongue. A mother's affirmation means so much. George Washington said, I am what I am because of my mother. George Hebert said, a good mother equals 100 schoolmasters. When General Garfield became president of the United States, he insisted upon having his mother stand beside him. And when he finished his address, he turned and thanked his mother for all the contributions she made to help him get to this position. Dr. Benjamin Carson, renowned surgeon at Johns Hopkins, shares that his mother insisted that Ben and his brother Curtis write a book report every couple of weeks. This wasn't for school. This was for their mom. So Ben and Curtis obeyed, and every two weeks they turned in a book report. About the time Ben was in middle school, he finally realized something quite shocking. His mother could not read one single word. For years, Ben had been reading books and writing reports, assuming that his mom was checking every word, but she couldn't. Ben grew up to be the world-famous neurosurgeon who was featured in many articles, the author of several books. His mom didn't twist her hands over a lack of learning or, and give up hope. Instead, she put up expectations. She called for accountability on her boys and then encouraged them to do their best, and it paid off. People are hungry for encouragement. Have you noticed that? That's why the Bible tells us in the church family to, to encourage one another and build each other up. We need to be people who build people up and not tear people down. People who edify and affirm, not people who criticize and, and, and tear down. Several years ago, Dan Baber honored his mother by posting an auction on eBay titled Best Mother in the World. He promised that the winning bidder would receive an email from his mom, Sue Hamilton. Baber also promised that the email would make you feel like the most special person on the face of the earth. Well, guess what the response was? The auction lasted seven days, and more than 40,000 people viewed it, and more than 90 people bid on it. The opening price was $1. The winning bid was $610 to receive a word of encouragement. Can you imagine how hungry people are for encouragement? Everyone likes to feel special. And moms, you do such a good job of helping us feel special. You have a special way of doing that for your family. Thank you for the ways that you make us children, even us adult children, feel special. And for the many ways that you encourage and affirm. Finally, I'm thankful for a mother's love. And that's really what we celebrate today because as we said earlier, oftentimes this is the first glimpse of heaven we receive. A, a mother's love is the first glimpse of, of, of God's love oftentimes. Someone said that no other force in life is as powerful as a mother's love. There is no other human love like a mother's love that sacrifices for her children and showers her children with acceptance and sacrifice, and tears, and sweat, and work, and exhaustion, and correction. Washington Irving said, 
The love of a mother is never exhausted. It never changes. It never tires. It endures through all in good, in bad, in the face of the world's condemnation. A mother's love still lives on. Do we take our mothers for granted? Do we take a mother's love for granted? I know there are many people this Mother's Day who wish they could just hug their mother one more time. Or could just say one more thing to to their mother. Have their mother for just one more day. In the Calvin and Hobbes comic strip, it's Mother's Day. And Calvin is pictured standing by his mother's bed. Hey, Mom, wake up. I made you a Mother's Day card. My, how sweet of you, she says. I, and he says, I did it all by myself. Go ahead and read it. So she begins to read it. I was going to buy a card with hearts of pink and red, but then I thought I'd spend the money on me instead. It's awfully hard to buy things when one's allowance is so small. So I guess you're pretty lucky I got you anything at all. Happy Mother's Day. There I've said it. Now I'm done. So how about getting out of bed and fixing breakfast for your son? I feel a slap coming. I don't know about you. (laughs) Sign Calvin. His mother said, I am so deeply moved. And he asked, did you notice the part about my allowance? Mm. Some of you may feel like Calvin's mother this morning. I hope not. Maybe you're wondering if anybody even notices or appreciates all you do. Well, let me tell you something. Moms, God does. Most of us do. We're thankful for you. We appreciate you. We appreciate all the sacrifices you make or have made through the years. We appreciate the job that you do trying to please the Lord with the way that you, you run the home and, and, and raise the kids and, and give spiritual direction. You are loved and you are appreciated. There's something on this earth more precious than silver or gold, more beautiful than diamonds or roses for all the world to behold. It's the love of a Christian mother who has faithfully followed God who taught her children the things that are right as down life's way they trod, who in trials and tribulations trusted firmly in the Lord, who taught her children to pray each day and to read God's holy word, a tower of strength to lean upon when troubles come your way, a friend you can always turn to at the ending of each day. She'll take you in her arms and drive away your fears then point you unto Jesus who has loved you through the years. Her door is always open to her weary wandering child. And no matter how you've treated her, she's loved you all the while. So today we lift our voices in prayer to God alone and to God above and thank Him for our mothers who taught us how to love. Let's pray together. Father, We thank you so much for the gifts, the gifts of mothers. And for the way, Lord, they have taught us how to live, how to serve, how to be. Lord, we lift up the mothers present here this morning or hearing this message online. Give them the strength they need 
the courage they need, the wisdom they need to be the mothers that you call them to be. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.